Hey, good afternoon to you. Happy Tuesday. It is lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com, powered by Amory, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. I'm Joe Roderick. He is Mike Claiborne down in Jupiter, Florida. Klaibs, how's the uh, how's the weather down there? Well, the weather is supposed to be like 74 degrees today. It was a little chilly this morning, but uh you know, as the sun comes up, it gets warm quick. So I think 74 is going to be the high, but it's supposed to be like uh, low 80s. Uh, I think 83 on, on Thursday and through the weekend. So uh, good Florida weather, breezy at this time of the year, but that, you know, that comes with the territory. You make that drive. Uh, you When did you leave? You leave Sunday? I left, I left in the official vehicle for Claves Online, a nice 2023 Highlander courtesy of Munganass of Alton. Munganass uh, Burkhardt. Burkhardt of yeah. Alton. And uh, I have to tell you, that is one sweet vehicle. Spacious, got every bell and whistle you could ever imagine. Very good on gas, and uh, it handles extremely well. Uh, it's a very comfortable vehicle, whether you're driving to Florida or whether you got the kids or whatever. And it's very stylish, by the way. Uh, so if you're thinking about a car, you might want to start with Munganass because, first of all, they are starting to get more cars in. And I know we dealt with this supply chain thing for a few months now, but they're starting to get more cars in. So they're going to be able to give you better deals because they're going to have more variety. They're still looking for used cars. And if you haven't heard used cars, their, their value is starting to drop a little bit. So if you're looking to move, make a deal, you might want to think about making one now because between the new cars that are going to come on board and the pre-owned cars that Munganass uh, Burkhardt has, there's going to be a better selection than you're going to find anywhere in St. Louis and certainly Alton, Illinois. Did you make that drive, what, one day, two days? No, I made it in two. Okay. I, I got on the other side of Atlanta, uh, stayed over in Macon just long enough to get a few winks, and uh, got back up on the road and was here by, I guess it was like 1130 yesterday. Uh, took a while to unpack and uh, went and got some provisions and sat back and watched uh, some pretty good football last night, if you were a Cowboy fan. <laughs> I know I've heard of people that have made that Jupiter to St. Louis trip in one day. Oh, I've done it before. Yeah, I, uh, I've done it. yeah, I did. I've, I went Jacksonville. See, I was, I was up in Jacksonville last year yeah. and I did Jacksonville to St. Louis in one day. So that's uh that's a few yeah, extra hours I did on yeah. there. No, you can do it. Um, I remember when the pandemic ended, I drove straight back. Uh, one year spring training ended, drove straight back. Uh, I've done it the other way too. Uh, the key in making that drive is now you have a traffic problem in Nashville. Mm -hmm. We know about the one in Atlanta. And then after that, it's pretty smooth sailing, uh, pretty smooth sailing. As I mentioned, with the official vehicle for Claves Online, uh, that nice Highlander from Munganass Burkhardt Toyota, uh, it makes the ride even better. Klaibs, we had a, uh, a pretty big announcement yesterday for Klaibs Online. I would say in the, uh, the three years that we have been uh, we have been working together on this site, I would say it's the biggest announcement that we have made in, uh, in website history. Well, yes, um, we officially announced that Rick Hummel, the commission, as everyone calls him, 50-plus uh, years at St. Louis Post-Dispatch is now part of our team where he'll be doing a podcast weekly. He'll also write a column every week. And uh, you can still follow the commission. We're going to set him up with a uh, with a Twitter handle as well, and make he's sure he's already got. No, he's already on Twitter. He's already. Oh, I yeah. thought he. Okay, good. All right, well, we'll latch on to that then because yeah. I, I thought about it the other day. Well, you know, commission just started getting into. Uh, you know, he got rid of the flip phone. He's got he's got a regular phone now. Yeah. So I mean, he he's catching up. He's catching up. So we'll we'll highlight him in those manner. and uh, that means he'll be around the ballpark. And I know, and just talking to some other people. Uh, the last 24 hours that are excited that he's going to be around and he's going to do some work for the post dispatch also, but we're going to keep him up to date with what's going on with the Cardinals and certainly his connections around baseball. When you start to hear from other writers around the country and other broadcasters who, who follow either him or me, and they start to say what a great move it is. Uh, you, you know, you're moving in the right place. It's at CMSH Hummel. Kamish Hummel is where you could find him on uh, on Twitter. So he is he is on Twitter. I think he usually only tweets about Matt Cain, uh, but we'll uh, we'll get him to uh, to tweet out. Our... Any, any reason? <laughs> any reason on why just Matt Cain? 
it's I don't you you'll have to ask him. You'll have to ask other All writers right. up there. But it was for a while. I think he he only had a few tweets in his um in his career. And it's from the time he was on and they were all about Matt Kane for some reason. So who I'll tell you something when he pitched, he, he, when he was right, he was, he was really, really good. And then he just fell off the table, man. And uh, he had some, some arm and shoulder problems, but other than that, I really don't have a reason to even talk about the guy. Not that I got anything <laughs> against him. But he, just, he wasn't somebody who registered on my radar. But you will, uh, so you will be down at spring training providing coverage for Klabe's online, and of course all the other outlets that you work for. Kamish will be down there. He'll be uh, writing for Klabe's online. I know he's uh, he's getting down there in about a month. I think he said uh, around the time pitchers and catchers report, and then I'll be down there at the tail end of spring training and the uh, for the end of the World Baseball Classic too for more stuff with Claves Online. So all your baseball stuff in February and March, we'll have it covered here on Claves Online. We, we may have a new vehicle to announce on how we're going to cover this as well. I'm going to tell you about, so I'll, oh. we'll talk about it a little later. Okay. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. As far as I, let's, before we get in, cause I, I we, I mean, it's going to be all NFL talk for the most part on the show today, but the winter, uh, the Cardinals winter warm up this past weekend, we saw, I, I, was there a single player that missed? I mean, every, everybody was there, right? I don't. Yeah. I, I kind of think you're right about that. I mean, between uh, what, the, what KMOX, I mean, you guys were set up down there in Cardinals nation. I mean, between, uh, Joe pot and, and Ackerman and Matt Pauley and all, all the, uh, Chris Ranji, I know was there a day. I, you, I mean, every single person, I think on the 40 man roster made their way through to that table to sit and talk Cardinal baseball with those guys. It was a, a busy, busy few days for you. It really was. And, and, you know, that's been kind of a tradition. I remember a guy who blew it off one year and Tony did everything he could to bury that guy that year. Uh, and, you know, you're going to have some guys, whether, you know, trying to get in the country, whatever. I, we get that. But this guy had no excuse. He just didn't want to go. And yeah. Tony was like, okay, we'll file that away. <laughs> and uh, walking oh, around <laughs> walking around Ballpark Village, the access to go right across the street and tour Bush Stadium, the multiple places to eat at Ballpark Village. It was a great idea by the Cardinals to move everything there. And it, um, it, it could not have gone any smoother from the looks of it this uh, this past week. But as the players made their way into the into the media room and talked to the press there, along with all the other interviews you did, I think we're starting to learn more and more just how important this World Baseball Classic is going to be for some of these guys this mm -hmm. year. I think there are about 12 Cardinals, I think, right now that are taking part in the World Baseball Classic. Is it 12? It, it's so, I mean, we could sit I'm, here and we could okay, name them all out. So you have Goldschmidt, Michaelis, Wainwright, and Arenado right. all on Team USA. Newtbar and Tommy Edmond. They're on uh, They're on Korea and Japan. Newtbar yeah. on Japan, Tommy Edmond on Korea. You have Andre Pallante is with Italy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Tyler O'Neill is with Canada. Avon yeah. Herrera is with Venezuela. Is Venezuela right now. So Was oh, it Panama? I didn't see. I, it, it I know might be Panama. I thought he was from Panama. I could be wrong about that. So you have those. Um, I haven't seen if Henesis Cabrera is pitching anywhere. Gallegos is Gallegos pitching for Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So that's ten that we are uh, that we're up to right now on the uh, on the list. And, and we're, I guess we're lucky Contreras didn't go. I Contreras. I mean, around. so Contreras's reason for not going and playing for is he is which. Where he would, would have he been have, on Venezuela's team? Would he have, okay? So he would have yeah, been with but, Venezuela. So when you, his reason was he wanted to stay and work with the the staff. He wanted to get to know his teammates. I'm and he'd, be, he'd be better off going up to uh, Miami or Arizona, where the World Baseball Classics are, and, and hang out with his teammates there. Because... Yeah, but you know what though? Here's the deal: the, the the two guys that he doesn't need to worry about are Michaelis and Wainwright. They they right. got to figure it out. I, I think it's important for him to learn about guys, especially bullpen guys, that he's going to have to catch. Um, you know, the, I'll tell you something. This this WBC is going to be interesting because of the, the participation of so many good players where some guys are going to be 
maybe uh, three or four weeks readier, if there is such a term, when the season starts than they normally would because they're going to face better players. They're going to face mm -hmm. better pitching. And the pitchers are going to face better hitters. <clears throat> so I think that's going to be a plus for them. Now, you know, baseball isn't that team sport like others are. You, you just do your job. But I think for a lot of guys, it's going to give them a real advantage. You were right. Uh, Panama, is, uh, Von Herrera, he is going to be playing for uh, for Team Panama in the uh, in the World Baseball Classic. So double digit Cardinals will be uh, playing in that. And and I know we have talked about this before, and we we saw him down at the winter warm up. Paul DeYoung, still a member of the Cardinals, was was not traded. They aren't going to release him from the contract that he's in either with what they're paying him. He is a guy that's going to benefit from mm -hmm. all of the added reps that he is going to get because the Cardinals, three of the four starting infielders for the Cardinals are going to be away at the WBC. Paul DeYoung is going to get reps all over the infield. Paul DeYoung yeah. is going to get at bats in because they're still playing games. They're not taking games off, spring training right. games off for this. Paul DeYoung should see more reps than anybody else in, in February and March, and, and well, March especially, than any of these other Cardinals. I think uh, <clears throat> you're going to have a couple of guys. Paul DeYoung, Juan Yepes uh, are going to get a lot of reps. Uh, obviously, Jordan Walker, we're going to see him. Um, you'll see some other guys that, that will find a way to get some more reps. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with, uh, with Walsh, uh, the young man who came up late last year. Uh, what, what what kind of action does he see? Uh, Dylan Carlson is going to get a lot of reps. So uh, I think it's a plus plus for everybody in baseball uh, to be able to spread the wealth and create better opportunities for players. But I, I agree with you. I think the young, you're going to see him play some third, which was what he played before he got called up by the Cardinals. Uh, he'll play some short. Wouldn't be surprised to see him take some balls at first from time to time, because think about it. The young, probably for a guy who hasn't played third base in the big leagues, is probably more big league third base ready than anybody in the organization that's not in the WBC. Mm -hmm. You know, Donovan played a little third base, but who else? You don't have anybody else. Gor so, yeah, Gorman. I mean, as soon as the Arenado trade happened, yeah. Gorman hasn't, I don't think, has gone near the third base bag defensively. No, since unless then, he was, so. if he was rounded in on a home run, stepping right. on it. But other than that, you're right. He hasn't had a glove in his hand. So, uh, you may see him over there also. So I, I, I just think between that and, and the whole competition that we have on this ball club, for, especially for the outfield, second base, DH, left side, right side. I mean, there are so many openings that are available. And Ali, Ali Marmo, I was with Ali a few times last week, and he was emphatic about, hey, man, this is wide open. He said, the only guys we know going to play every day are the guys at first, third, and catch and probably Tommy Edmond. Everybody <laughs> else is wide open. And yeah, that's just a plug and play anywhere. One guy that he, uh, that Ali Marmol seems to be really high on and, the rest, and the rest of the baseball uh, world seems to be high on is Lars Newt Bar. Newt Bar mania, I think is what uh, Ben Fred called it this weekend in one of his, uh, one of his columns. What are your, we haven't talked about this yet. What are your thoughts on the hype that is surrounding Lars Nupar going into this season? Well, it's a good question because I think that, you know, the whole new thing kind of got things started. You know, he's got an incredible personality where, you know, he's in the room, uh, very humble, though, in his own way by listening to the veterans, but a very hard guy not to like. I mean, he's a guy uh, that everybody gets along with. And, you know, let's face it, man, he played well defensively this year. I think he had three, if not four, assists from the outfield, uh, played a good solid right field and can play center field, had a few key hits, and I think he had a little bit more confidence with his hitting. And I, I talked to him last week about Brandon Allen, the, the assist, new assistant hitting coach, that he knew since Springfield, and he said when he and B.A. would work together, he kind of had it figured out. So I'm thinking that between what B.A. is doing – with Newt Bar and what they're going to try and do with Paul DeYoung, that's going to open up some doors. But I know Ali loves the guy. He loves his energy. He loves his work ethic. And just talking to Lars, you know, all he's been doing is just working on his whole game this winter between raindrops because it's rained so much out in California. And he'll be the first uh, person 
of Japanese descent born in the U.S. that's going to play on that Japanese team. Ironically, show you what a small world it is, Lars Newtbar and a girl I used to date went to high school together. And I put them both back together. They both reconnect. I mean, they as friends, I'm not trying to start anything here, but you know, they connected and, you know, cause she was like, you know, I went to school with a new bar and, and, and from the same area, one thing led to another large. Yeah. So they, they've kind of reconnected high school friends and, so that just shows you what a small world it is. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this and move on. Lars Newbar is 25 years old. Um, one of the uh, <laughs> as you you know you mentioned how likable he is. Um, but that's one thing I noticed that back in 2021 when the Cardinals won the division and made the postseason when they were celebrating on the field, Lars Newbar was having the time of his life. Yes. And. <laughs> That's what he is every you and, know, we, and we all of the that. teammates just seem to absolutely love watching Lars Newbar have the time of his life. And then when you see the videos of him working with some of the other, you know, working with Nolan Arenado in the offseason and just kind of taking all this in as a sponge, man, I hope that maybe he learns a little something from Shohei Atani or one of those uh, Japanese players when he's playing with them in the World Baseball Classic. Because just any any little extra you know, stuff that he could learn as he goes along is just going to make him that much better of a player. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, it was about, I guess it was about a dozen of us, uh, myself and some players. We met up at a local place uh, at Friday night. And the energy when Lars hit the door, where everybody was glad to see him. And, uh, you know, and Arnado, uh, Arnado was like his, is his biggest fan. And, but it, it, he just has that it factor. Now, it doesn't hurt that he can play. He's a good player. Went to USC. You know, last check, they turned out some pretty good players there. So he's a guy that really has a chance to do some things, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, without the shift, with him being a dead pull hitter, he could do some damage this year. The uh, the one thing the Cardinals did not do this offseason was add to the pitching. They didn't add the left-handed bat that we thought. The, the DeWitts and Mo all spoke about it this past weekend at the winter warm-up. There seemed to be just a little disappointment, I think, out of Mo for things that he wasn't able to get done. I think that he was happy with the acquisition of Contreras and you know, still being able to put a very good team on the field, a division winning team on the field, you get that sense that he's not finished and that there are things that he really still wants to do to make this team a lot better. Uh, I would agree. Um, I think when you look back on who was available, you know, the guy who I, I was liking was Trey Turner. Okay. But I understood we had a shortstop. We could have moved him to second where he wanted to go glove. But that being said, when you look at the other free agents that were out there, I'm not sure what guy you were looking for. Would it have been a Michael Brantley? Maybe. You know, he's a professional hitter from the left side, can DH for you. But then that moves Nolan Gorman back. So I, I really think what you're seeing now is they're going to let these kids try and grow and they'll evaluate them. If they feel like there's something out there better than what they already have, then they'll make a deal. They maybe pick up a heavy contract because they can afford it. Uh, they're going to be looking for pitching. I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to be looking for more pitching, even though when you think about the bullpen, you know, you look at Stratton, you look at Romero, and you look at Gallegos, and you look at Hicks, who I think is going to be an interesting X factor. Uh, there's so many guys in that bullpen that's going to create competition, and there's going to be a starter. They may be in the bullpen before it's all said and done. You know, you think about a guy like Zach Thompson. You know, you might be as deep from the left side as you've ever been. If you have Cabrera, Thompson, Romero, or something, some combination like that, that's a pretty good left side of your bullpen. Not to mention your right side with Gallegos and Hicks and Helsley right off the top. And there's going to be somebody, I guarantee, Palante. There's going to be somebody else, Joe and it happens every year where we don't have him on the radar, okay? But all of a sudden, this guy shows up, and he leaves spring training with a job. Yeah. Go back to Jordan Hicks. Palante uh, was Pelante that guy last year. year. Yeah, Palante yeah. was this year. Uh, you know, another guy who should have made the team, 
Donovan should have made the team out of spring training, but they gave it to Newt Bar because Newt Bar had excelled the previous year. Mm-hmm. So I go back to the competition factor. There's plenty of competition out there, and I think we're going to be rewarded with it with some pretty good play. The uh, the Cubs went out this uh, this past weekend. They had Cubs Con up in uh, up in Chicago. Their version of the uh, winter warm up. They also will during that announced the signing of yet another bat, Trey Mancini. They went out and got the World Series champion Trey Mancini. The Cubs have quietly put together a I team agree. that yeah. is going to finish second in the NL Central. And if the Cards don't improve or have a slip up somewhere, the Cubs could very easily get in there and win 85 to 89 games and maybe take the NL central. If the cards underperform, this is a very good Cubs lineup right now. When you look at Nico Horner, they signed Danzy Swansea to the big deal. You have Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, and then they go out and sign Eric Hosmer, Trey Mancini and Cody Bellinger. And they get Tucker Barnhart too to catch. That's a good lineup. That is that that starting lineup, that starting nine is better than what the Brewers are going to put out there this year. There's no doubt. And you know what? Four world champions from four different organizations. So they got some guys on that roster that know how to win. And you know what? They're going to make this division very interesting. Now, it's a collection of players. I'm not sure about their bullpen. But when you look at them from top to bottom in that lineup, as you just mentioned, they're going to make some people think about it. And you know what? If their pitching comes around now, granted, the, the, the question is, will they ever have a, a homegrown starting pitcher? That's yet to be seen. But when you look at the initial guys that they're going to run out there, you're right. They're going they're not only going to be they've not only passed Milwaukee, they have created a real distance between themselves and Milwaukee. And if they get a break, Joe, they could be a wild card team. I mean, if Cody Bellinger is a former MVP. I mean, Cody Bellinger, if he figures yes. it out, that's that's really dangerous to, to put in the middle of the lineup. Not to mention, you mentioned when you talked about Nico Horn is one of the better players in the game. Okay. I mean, you look at their infield. Now they're going to roll with wisdom and it's 200 strikeouts. I get it. But if Hosmer can get it going, and I think he can, you got Horner and Swanson up the middle. You got Bellinger playing center. You got Ian Happ, who is a Cardinal killer, a Cardinal killer that's going to be in left field. Mancini, you can play in right or you can DH him. They, 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 they don't have many holes right now. I mean, I'll tell you now, what I mean, that, that well, second tier of guys. And wait a minute. What about the kid Morell that they brought up last year? I was just going to say that right now, Fangraphs has Morell starting over Patrick Wisdom at third base. Well, there, well, you know what? There'll be about 110 strikeouts less, that's for sure. And I love Wiz. <laughs> but, man, the strikeouts just killed him, man. Yeah, just but Morell him. could play third base. He could play center field. I mean, you could and put those base. guys – Yeah, you could put those guys everywhere. You know, so they have guys like – Donovan and Edmund are for the Cardinals where you can put them wherever you want on the field. They, they carry a lot of gloves in their bags. Well, I think you're seeing that trend around baseball. Uh, you know, the more gloves you bring to the ballpark, the more at bats you get. And uh, Chicago's going in that direction. We, we see it with the Cardinals. There's some other teams that are looking that way. The Dodgers were doing it for a bit. Uh, you know, uh, Atlanta Braves have done it a little bit as well. So, you know, when you look around, um, versatility is the key right now because, you know, 26 man roster, you know, you can only do so much with. So, you know, you don't want to have guys sitting around too much. You want to make sure you get them some at bats and more positions you can play, the better off you're going to be. And then that's where the matchups really come into play. You know, what do you do against certain guys? What do you do against lefties? What do you do against righties? I mean, how do you deal with guys that come out of the bullpen? So, you know, the analytics has once again risen its head and will be a deciding factor on why a lot of guys play. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. A lot of Cardinals talk here to kick off the show. And if you missed it at the top of the show uh, or you missed it online yesterday, we announced that Rick Hummel is joining the uh, Claibs Online roster starting in spring training. He's going to write for us once a week. He's going to do a podcast with Claibs once a week. And you can find all of that and read about the announcement right now by going to Online. Dot com. And we will uh, we'll have a way to 
where uh, once we get closer to that date, we'll be able to set it up and email you those articles every time that uh, that commission puts it out there. So you'll get those delivered right to your inbox each and every week that he uh, that he does that. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. Hey, we'll be back in just a bit. We need to talk some NFL from this past weekend here what at lunch weekend? with Claves and Joe. Uh, no, hey, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganath St. Louis Acura and Munganath Burkhart. Alton Toyota. As one of St. Louis's fastest growing companies and largest private companies, St. Louis Acura is proud to serve you and remains committed to becoming better than ever for you. As new Acuras become more available every day, we are not backing down from selling 100% more quality pre-owned vehicles than ever before. We want customers that appreciate our friendly, outgoing team and our award-winning service because at St. Louis Acura, we are better than ever for you. Joe Roderick, Mike Claiborne here with you. It's lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura. Claves down in Jupiter, Florida, courtesy of Munganat Burkhart, Alton Toyota. Claves drove that 2023 Highlander down there over the uh, over the weekend, and I bet that Highlander had uh, Sirius XM radio in it, Claves, and you were able to listen to all of the uh, games. I, and that's exactly what I did on Sunday. And, and by the way. Uh, Tom McCarthy and Kevin Harlan are terrific to listen to on the radio. Uh, I was just thoroughly entertained by their play-by-play. And I, I, I texted Kevin yesterday uh, and turned him on last night. He's doing an NBA game. Man, that guy from the opening kickoff made it entertaining. And Tom McCarthy's description and accounts of the game were just terrific to listen to. So uh, thank goodness for XM Radio. And all the other things, they got every gadget you can imagine on this vehicle. So if you're thinking about something that takes you into the next gen, this is the vehicle. This Highlander has everything you could imagine, plenty of space, good on mileage, uh, and has every bell and whistle you can imagine. So go by or go online and check them out at Munganass, Burkhart, Toyota of Alton. Did you uh, did you happen to listen? I can't remember which game he called. It might have been the uh, the first game. Ross Tucker on the yeah, uh, on yeah, the call. I, I think he was on the Bills Dolphins game. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed listening to him. Uh, him call the game too. Just uh, he's a he's he an Ivy leaguer. Tom McCarthy. Yeah, he Ivy leaguer. Yeah. He went to Princeton, and he, he is like it. Yeah, he sits there and he just he explains to you. I felt like I you know you could be watching the game the way he was explaining every the way everything was happening. Yeah, he, he, you know what? Here's what I appreciated about him. He kept it simple. You know, one of the mistakes I think some analysts make is they want to give you terminology as if you were in the huddle, mm-hmm. as if you were in training camp, if you were in squad meetings and you know what the terminology is. Hey, just keep it simple. You know, there's certain terms that we all know what they are. But if but when you start to try and talk like you're in the huddle, I, I remember we had a guy in St. Louis that talked to, I asked him one time, I said, Hey, let me ask you a question. I said, how many people do you think that listen to you play in the NFL? He said, less than 1%. And I said, why do you talk to the 99% like they were all in the huddle? And I don't think he understood what I meant because he was always about cute terms and terminology that most people didn't, wouldn't understand what it meant. Now you could probably figure it out at some point, but I think Ross Tucker did a nice job. And uh, Mike Golick did the game with uh, Kevin Harlan uh, the other night. And I thought he was pretty solid also. I missed. No, no, uh, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't Golick. It was uh, Mike Mayock. Okay. Mike Mayock, who wants to remind you that he was a pretty smart guy. He was so smart, he ruined the, uh, the Raiders. <laughs> he he was a smart guy on the NFL network for years. Yeah, yeah. The the Raider thing didn't go didn't go as well as they thought it would he, with he Mike Mayock and John Gruden. <laughs> they single-handedly set that organization back 5 years. <laughs> Ross Tucker, one of those guys I always seem to uh, to have on Radio Row when uh, when I'm at the Super Bowl in two weeks uh, from now. Be back there. Klabes Online will be on Radio Row. My 11th year doing that, Klabes, uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona. So all kinds of interviews and coverage down from the uh, from the game there. 
That all starts on February 5th. I uh, No, February 6th, I believe. That's the Monday. Yeah, February 6th is when I will be uh, when I'll be starting all the stuff there that week. More coverage of uh, what you can find on Claves Online over the next few weeks. And then hey, the audio for that, too. Claves, I just started this past weekend doing a little work over on 590 The Fans. So we're uh, we're back on with them, too. Well, we need to enlighten our listeners and viewers about our partnership with uh, 590 fans. Claves Online producing a uh, few different programs that are going to run on 590 on the weekends the next few weeks. NFL Sunday kickoff every Sunday at 10 a.m. Before the uh, before the games on uh, uh, well, recapping the games on Saturday, previewing the games on Sunday, we will do that the next few weeks, and then uh, all kinds of uh, all all kinds of audio. I guess a best of, if you will, from Radio Row will air Super Bowl Sunday on 590 The Fan. And then John Marisek and I bringing back a uh, pro wrestling talk to St. Louis. Pro wrestling talk STL every single Saturday from 10 to 11 claves. So you uh, all couldn't yeah. borrow or use the term stranglehold from Brian Stull, huh? He I, you know what? I, that when, when John and I sat down and were talking names, I said, do we, I said, do we re, uh, I said, do we you know, come back and call it the stranglehold with Stully's permission. And Marisek said he would never ask Stully that. That is Stully's to to have. Well, I would use headlock. Yeah, he would not. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Marisek is a uh, very good friends with Brian Stahl. Yeah, I love Brian. He's doing yeah, a phenomenal they, job. I, with they the, they uh, coach they coach off. youth basketball together these days. That's uh, and uh, he said he wouldn't even have brought it up to Stully. Well, he could have contributed to it. I don't, well, he's got, he's sure, got football yeah. on his hand. We'll, we'll get Stully on at some point. Yeah. Headlock. I, we, I, we went back. So here's, so then John, I tasked Marisek with doing this, with finding a name for it. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there. Some that haven't put out episodes in three years, other ones that are still going strong today. And I said, you come up with a name. I said, you go on Spotify and look if it's already been used. And he came back a few days later and he said, I can't do it. I, everything's been taken. So I said, fine, something St. Louis related. And that's where we came up so with the, that. So the yeah. headlock's already been taken, huh? It's somewhere, yeah, on Spotify. Yeah, headlock, headlock, the podcast has already been taken. Well, that's all I got. They, yeah, Claves Online was easy. You, you didn't have to look and see if that was taken by anybody yet. Well, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, new episodes of that every Saturday at 10 a.m. An hour of uh, pro wrestling talk here in St. Louis. Hey, we got to talk football though. Uh, as I mentioned, I do the I'm doing the NFL Sunday kickoff show. Six games this past weekend. Claves almost hit my six team parlay on it. I uh, I had the Bucks last night in uh, in that Monday night game. Should have cashed out early and taken my uh, my five victories. From the uh, from Saturday and Sunday, I went five and one on uh, on my picks to the website too. I, I, I picked all the same games. Five. I, you know what? I, I, the I few of them were easy. Well. Yeah, well, a few I mean, of them were know, pretty easy to go with. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing. You know, everybody thought San Diego would win. Buffalo, we thought that was going to be a boat race, and they had to hold on. Uh, there were a couple other games that you know you kind of felt like, ah. Eh, you know, but I, I thought the San Diego game is is what's wrong with these coaches who want to try and reinvent the wheel. I mean, you got a twenty seven point lead, and and you you know I talk to you all the, all the time about you have to have a running game. I know everybody likes to throw the football, okay, but if you don't have a running game, especially in the second half, you're going to have problems because you're going to be on the field, you're going to get off the field too quick. If you throw a couple of incomplete passes and all of a sudden it's third and long, you normally have to punt on fourth down, you get a ball back. Saturday night was the epitome of when you get pass happy, that's what can happen. Because you didn't take enough time off the clock. You didn't grind it out. You didn't wear anybody down. And they got stronger. The Jaguars got stronger. And I'm, I'm amazed that that guy still has a job. Now, I know they fired the offensive coordinator today and the quarterback coach. But he should have gone down with the ship because that was all on him. And I tell you another guy. You think, I mean, but straight up firing though, like you find you found a guy that went out and won you ten games this year. The Chargers had a great second half of their season, came finished very strong. You're really going to fire him over yeah, that it, one bad <clears throat> game and not look yeah. at it and say, you know what? Hey, we're going to see if you learn from this 
and you come back and you figure out how to win it next year and win even more. Well, first of all, 10 games isn't what it used to be, okay? You're playing 17 games now, all right? So 10 games doesn't have the same juice he used to have. Secondly, he had been in this situation a couple of times this year before. That's why they were 10 and 7, because of poor coaching decisions. This was not the first outing where people were looking around like, what, what is he doing? Or what are they doing? The team is poorly constructed. He, he ran a player out there who, who should have been sitting out in a meaningless game that you didn't have on Sunday. I just thought it was a bad – I just think the way that team's put together is not really what I call solid. Now, defensively, they're not bad. Offensively, you got nothing that resembles a running game. you got some decent receivers. you got a, a, a solid offensive line. But I, I, I'm surprised he still has a job. And, and McDaniel was. I just think better. if you're winning, yeah, if you're winning 10, 11 games and you're going and doing that, if you're doing that year after year after year and you can't get past that, you can't How get to the conference championship. But I'm just, it's, this is the second year, isn't it? Done? Okay. So let's so the second not, year. So yeah, year you give year him. After year. But now, no, I'm just saying if that's the case, if they're winning, if, but if you win 10 games in your second year, and you say, okay, you know what? We're going to see if you can learn from this. But if you're going to win 10 games again next year and get bounced early, then, yeah, we're going to have some discussions because maybe you can't get past that hump. Oh, no. We, I think one time no you here. give them that. Okay, I, I'll, I'll roll with that. Uh, now, can you explain McDaniel and some of his play calls on Sunday with Miami? You're talking – wait. His, his poor – oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were talking about – yeah, I thought you were talking about the Raiders coach. That, no. that – you you go into that game with a conservative playbook, knowing that you have your third string quarterback out there, and he played decent enough to where they should have expanded that and they should have taken some more chances, especially when they came back from being down seventeen nothing to tie it back up. They they should have gone for a few more knockout blows than what they did. I agree, and, and you know, I know as you mentioned, third string quarterback, and once they found what his groove was. They should have just stayed with it. And then when the Buffalo stopped it, then they go back to something Buffalo's not looking for. I, I, I just think, and granted, it's you. I mean, it's easy for me to say these things because, you know what, I haven't coached in the NFL. But I think any legitimate coach in the NFL would be like, what are you doing? I mean, here yeah. it's it was plain and simple for you on what was working and what wasn't. Your, your clock management was just brutal. Well, you you have no timeouts left with over four minutes to go in the game because you couldn't get plays in quick enough. I mean, there was a lot of things that I thought should have been cleaned up that they didn't. So, you yeah. know what? We'll, we'll attribute to growing pains. He had some injuries along the way. But overall, it was, it was entertaining to watch. I, I didn't think there was a clunker of any of the games we saw. Uh, even the, the uh, Cincinnati uh, – Baltimore game, you know, even with the return of the fumble, there was still a lot of good plays made in that game. So, you know, just when you think you have the NFL figured out, you have a weekend like this, which is why I told you earlier, wild card weekend is the best weekend in the NFL, period. The uh, So the one that you could, I guess, say might have been a clunker, 49ers and Seahawks, that game was over with plenty of time. I mean, it, there was an hour to go before the next game when it was 38 to 14 and that one, you knew, you knew it was done. Um, So that game, that was the first game on Saturday. Cowboys beat the Buccaneers last night, Monday night football. And now they play each other next weekend. The 49ers get two extra days. I mean, essentially two more days off than what the Cowboys did. And now the Cowboys have to go from Florida back to Dallas to Dallas up to San Francisco Man, they caught a bad break with the scheduling there. Yeah, perhaps they did. Um, you know, that's one less day you had to recover because they're going to take the day off anyway. So it, it doesn't make a difference. They weren't going to go to work until tomorrow. Um, so it'll be a, a, a same routine. But, man, you know, the first thing I thought about was the good old days of the 49ers and Cowboys when you had Jerry Rice and, and Roger Craig and that, and that bunch going up against Dallas, who was stacked with Troy Aikman and Emmett, Leon Lett, and just they, I mean, those Mike two Lervin. teams were the cream of the crop of the league. And I always said this, and I'll say it to this day, you give me either one of those teams from that era, 
give me that Rams team that won the Super Bowl and the Baltimore Ravens team that when they won that Super Bowl, and I'll take on any Super Bowl champion beyond 2002. Well, and, and that Patriot team. I take on any other Super Bowl champion beyond that. You can have those, those Ravens with uh with, with Trent Dilfer as their quarterback. You can yeah, have but that. their defense, but their defense that was, defense, was, yeah, was it was. Good. Yeah, it was. You know, and, and they won more with that defense. You know, see, I'll give you a good example. That defense was as good as the Chicago Bears defense of the 85. And, and they never won again. They never got to another Super Bowl. Uh mm-hmm. the Bears didn't. This team, because I think they were they were obviously better coach. I think Dick is the most overrated coach they ever coached in the NFL. But point being, their defense kept made them relevant in a salary cap era. Think about that. That's, yeah, that's why Buddy Ryan cap. got carried off with Mike Ditka in that game. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that, they knew. They all knew. knew. They all yeah. knew who who was really running that show. And, yeah. and you know, uh, so anyway, I you know that that's what I'm looking forward to because they can both score. They can both score, so it'll be interesting to see. I think there's going to be some really good matchups up front. If Tyron Smith and the other Smith, the other rookie kid, if if they're both healthy, Bosa might have a problem this weekend. You know, that's that. Th- this game's going to be decided up front. All right, I don't care about the receivers. You know, they got both of them have good running backs. This game will be decided up front from tackle to tackle, and they both have very good tight ends right now that you can throw to. So I'm, I, this will be the game of the weekend. When when you look at some, well, you know, I take that back because Cincinnati's going to Buffalo, <laughs> so that, that's going to be a whole lot of fun too. So there's still going to be some really good games to watch this weekend. That, and that, you know those, so and those are both the Giants. Sunday matchups. Those the Sunday yeah. matchups: Bengals Bills followed up with uh, with Cowboys 49ers. I mean, that's you you just you strap it in and lock it down because you're not going anywhere for about seven hours once those well, games uh, kick off. And you know what? Let's not overlook the Giants and the, and the Eagles. Daniel Jones Eagles. is Daniel Jones is playing really good yeah, football right now. And you know what? His offensive line is doing a hell of a job. Eagles get a week off to rest. They had a couple of offensive linemen that were banged up. That's going to be a scuffle. So, I mean, um, we can criticize the NFL for a lot of things, and most of it they deserve. But, man, when it comes to playing big games at big times of the year, they have not disappointed any of us this year. So are we just are we both just not giving the Jaguars any chance at all over the Chiefs? No, they don't have enough, period. They are they come in now riding a seven-game winning streak. Good for them. Now, I'm not telling you that the Chiefs are turning it into a boat race. I just don't think the Jaguars have enough to contend with the Chiefs for four quarters. Because you know why? I don't know how the Jaguars keep uh, Mahomes off the field unless mm-hmm. they start quick striking them, and that's the only way they can get back in. Because remember, as as while everybody wants to anoint Trevor Lawrence as the next Peyton Manning, he really wasn't that good Saturday night. How many how many interceptions did he have? Three. So he had four four in the first yeah. half. Okay. Yeah. So he he was bad in the first half, okay in the second half. It's a growing element as well. So, you know, but I don't think that, that, that Jacksonville will have enough to slow Kansas City down because, you know, they, Kansas City can score in multiple ways. They got so many guys playing well right now, and they could have used the week off too. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be – listen, all these games are going to be entertaining for sure. That, there, I mean, there's a reason Jacksonville and, and Kansas City is that first game. There's a reason they're, they're the first game on the schedule for the weekend. I, I don't think many people are expecting – much of an entertaining game out of that but this weekend you're all this week you're going to get a lot of uh, coaches a lot of assistant coaches a lot of coordinators interviewing for some of these head coaching jobs that are out there Sean Payton has kind of given his list as to who he is going to go out and interview for you've heard about some of the hot coordinators that are getting a chance at certain teams Jim Harbaugh is a name that has been uh, put out there over and over again by Jim Harbaugh (laughs) linked though to Indianapolis from his former time playing there uh, linked also to the Denver Broncos too. Um, Let me so, ask you a question. Why? Yeah. Why? What is he doing? Okay, so he gets Michigan in the, in in the uh, the playoffs. He gets his ass handed to. I mean, what 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 is the fascination with Jim Harbaugh? He's made and it to a Super Bowl. Well, there's there've been some other guys that made it to. Super I know Bowl that that didn't get a chance to come back. So, what makes Jim Harbaugh so special? where we just got to have them. And I'm almost inclined to ask the same thing about Sean Payton. 
He's he's been there and he won once. Yeah. Yeah. So did Harbaugh. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, so I don't understand this this incredible fascination uh with this. You know, Jim Caldwell was a pretty good coach with the uh Indianapolis Colts. He didn't get he was he a good coach the with the team. he was a good coach with the Lions. Yeah, he took the they, Lions to the playoffs and won as many games as Dan Campbell has when when he got fired. So I don't get this whole fascination but i'll i'll tell you this though in fairness i don't get this fascination with these offensive coordinators they get hired because they they're lucky enough to be dialing up plays for a really good quarterback you know we have some guys uh these bad teams though are going to be drafting uh, pretty high and potentially drafting young quarterbacks with the potential to make them good i mean that's where i think that's where a lot of this attractiveness comes from so who gets the Houston job? I mean, who wants the Houston job? Well, there's somebody who's going to get a good quarterback. The problem is he don't have anything else to work with. Right. The problem is the, the job security in Houston has shown if you are a person of color, you have no chance to survive there. So, you know, my question is their credibility level will certainly make people think twice. And you know what? You almost want to say if you're a player, you almost want to say, man, don't draft me, man. I'm, I don't want to come there. It's been a while since uh, somebody yeah, has uh, said that. But, I mean, Houston is the prime example of, you know, look, don't draft me. I, I don't want to be there, you know. And, and I don't know if Bryce Young has got the balls to do it, but he'd be the guy. Look, man, I, I'm not going to go there and get my ass kicked for the rest of my career. I don't want to be uh, uh, David Carr, the, the the other quarterback. Derek Carr's brother, David Carr, he got drafted there and got the pool beat out of him to the yep. point where he's almost punch drunk. So in that situation, you know, you almost want to just say, "Look, man, uh, I'm I, I I don't I would prefer you not draft me." And you know what? I'd come out in public say, "Hey, look, I don't want to go there." Yeah. What are they gonna do? Take him and then have a guy that's ready to get the hell out of there? You know, you if know? if somebody if if one of those two quarterbacks wants to say it. I guess who would, who would it be? Bryce Young. If Bryce Young wants to come out and say, hey, don't draft me, all C.J. Stroud has to do is step up and be like, you know what? I would absolutely love to go and play in Houston. I would love to make that my home because all That's he's going to do, yeah, he'll get drafted number one. He'll get the, he'll get that number one, or I guess number two. Uh, the Bears have the number one pick. He'll get that. He'll get the money that's associated with that more than what Bryce Young will get. And he'll endure himself to that community and be like, you know what? Hey, throw the endorsements at me. So I want to be here. So what happens if Bryce Young? I don't know what what other team is looking for a quarterback. Indianapolis. So Bryce Young couldn't go to Indy and do the same thing. You know, I mean, listen, they're both really good players, mm -hmm. and you know the the difference is a couple of slots in the draft. But you know, if you're a good player and you you playing for a good organization, you're gonna get paid no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. and, and let's put it this way: the Colts are further along than the Houston Texans are. They should okay? be, yes. So Bryce Young might have a better start to his career and get to the big payday sooner than uh, C.J. Stroud if that if that's how this thing shakes out. Yeah. And, of course, I, I, the Bears having the number one overall pick is going to throw a lot of that off because we don't know who's going to want to trade up for that. Somebody will. One yeah, of those you know what? might want to trade up for that. You know, you make a good point. Uh, we're thinking Houston's going Houston's going to get a good quarterback, okay? We don't know who it's going to be. Uh, but somebody might trade up to say, "You know what? We think enough of Bryce Young. We'll we'll give you what you're looking for." Mm -hmm. Uh the Bears could use a lot of different things. I, I I think that they are the most intriguing team in the first few picks because of where they sit. They could trade down a couple of times and stack some players. Mm -hmm. So, I it, it'll be it'll be fun. We have time to figure that out though. Claves, before we get out of here today, I quickly want to talk about what the Blues did last night, making history as they won their 2,000th game in franchise history, becoming the eighth franchise to do so. You have the original six, you have the Philadelphia Flyers, and then you have the St. Louis Blues. Well, I think it's a tribute to the Blues when you think about them being part of that expansion group and just them in Philadelphia, the only two. When you think about Pittsburgh has won multiple Stanley Cups, 
You think about some other teams, the Kings have won multiple Stanley Cups, and yet the St. Louis Blues have more wins than they do. Uh, says a lot. And oh, by the way, I went to the Blues Hall of Fame ceremony, the dinner they had on Friday night, and I could not have been more happy for the St. Louis Blues organization and Mike Caruso and everybody who put that whole program together. It was an incredible program from start to finish. I, You know, when you look back, and the jackets were just so, like, rich. The lining of the, the, the yeah. lining on the inside of the jackets. Yes. I mean, it was so well thought out. It was one of the best moments we've had so far in 2023. And I want to tip my cap to the St. Louis Blues organization and how they did that. Uh, they did. It was top shelf from top to bottom. And uh, the honor, the Glenn Halls and the Scotty Bowmans, who uh, Scotty's 89. Glenn Hall, who couldn't make it, is 91. Gary Younger, 75. Uh, you know, Brian Sutter, is, he's in his mid-60s. Uh, you know, those guys were like the faces. And Red Berenson is in his 80s. So when you think about those guys being the original faces of this organization, it was a really graceful, tremendous night for hockey fans in St. Louis. It really was. And then the Blues, uh, they win last night, too. Blues are uh, Blues are playing really good hockey, too, on the ice. Well, yeah. Hey, Jake Neighbors got in a fight last night. I think he fought out of fear more than anything else. You know, some guys fight that way because Jake Neighbors can't fight. I mean, he's had multiple chances to fight before now. He, that's just not his game. And I get it. There's a lot of guys who don't fight anymore. But when it's all said and done, it was a good win. You know, Ottawa, let's not confuse Ottawa with a, with a cup contending team, okay? But you have to beat those teams, yeah. especially when you're at home. So it was a good win. They're off until Thursday. You know, they get Nashville. Another team is trying to find their way. So the Blues have to make some hay doing this homestand and, and get themselves in a better position. Right now they sit at 47 points. Uh, 51 points gets them into the wild card. Uh, 52 points would have them top three in the Central Division. Claves, when you uh, when are you teeing it up for the first time down there in Florida? Uh, probably not until next week. I'm going to hit some balls at some point this week. I'm going to go over to the fancy camp this week and just kind of watch how things unfold over there. Um, and I'm still trying to rehab a hip. So probably the end of next week. All right. We will uh, talk to you soon as we will have uh, updates from spring training. When it starts less than a month from now, we will have Cardinals on the field at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium there in Jupiter, Florida. And we will bring you so much coverage here on Clay's Courtesy Online. of our good friends to Munganas Burkhart, Toyota of Alton, Illinois. Uh, Absolutely. Without their help, uh, this would be a much more challenging venture that we're about to partake in. But uh, we've got some fun things that are going to be unfolding. And uh, we invite everybody to just tune in with all the new programming that we're going to have. And the coverage we're going to have. We'll have better coverage than anybody else here, that's for sure. Klaibs, uh this week, Howard Richards, you guys talking uh, the conference champ, the divisional we'll, uh, round? We'll, yeah. we'll chop it up. We'll chop it up on Thursday. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to all of that. Klaibs, we will talk to you soon. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. This has been Lunch with Klaibs and Joe, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganash St. Louis Acura, right here on ClaibsOnline.com. From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal Center and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community.